everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. On today's show has been someone that I have been wanting on the show since I started the show. Uh, I had the pleasure of going to law school with his dad and working with his dad when his dad was a state attorney over here in Hillsborough County and uh, was blown away, I would say, within the past two or three years. All of a sudden, I saw this uh, rock god on social media with the same last name as uh, Kyle Pennington. And I said, well, is, that, is that your nephew or is that your younger brother? He said, no, that's my son. <laughs> and uh, I was like, there's no way that's your son, but... Indeed, it is his son. So on today's show, we've got George Pennington. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. I really appreciate you coming by today. I know you got uh, kind of a hectic weekend coming up playing, uh, I guess, both days of the Gasparilla Music Festival. That's right. Yeah, it's hectic, but it's fun, though. So you, I feel good. Well, I, and, and I, I gather just from what I see on social media, I mean, you're playing live constantly, it seems like, these days. That's the goal. That's what I want to do for the rest of my life. You How know? many days a week do you play? Uh, on well, average, on average, I'd say probably one or two. Okay, but some days or some weeks are every night, you know. Because you do your solo stuff. You put out an album not quite a year ago, right? I did a four-song EP uh, about a year ago. Yeah. a little inside a year. I remember when that came out, and I love the guitar on it. I, I think I messaged you. You know, I, I definitely hear some Frushanti Hendrix. Yep. You know, yep. Strat tone going on there, but then. The composition of the song and your singing were, I, I mean this with every amount of respect, very mature, I think, for what your age is. There was kind of some jazz stuff going on. Some, I mean, it was, it was, it was not your run-of-the-mill poppy kind of rock song that you hear. And so right away I knew this guy had something going on a little bit deeper than those you're seeing. Uh, and I think I asked you, you were a professor at USF or taught music or something like that? I was involved... Uh in a number of different facets at USF. I was never a professor, but I, I did get to kind of work with some of the students out there or kind of help some of the professors out there with teaching people how to play in like the modern band ensemble, which is a new kind of up and coming uh, offering that a lot of curriculums are weaving into their, to what they do. It's just teaching kids how to jam and how to play guitar and bass and drums and keyboard rather than oboe right you know it's yeah. just a new offering that's sure. just now kind of getting into school are you still doing that i do but not at usf okay. i teach at a studio down in south tampa and i do some guitar classes and private studio lessons do you teach at down there? it's it's called the studio okay and uh that located it's on manhattan right next to dairy joy right next oh, to dairy yeah, joy across sure. from jam yeah, Platt right library. by the library and yeah okay yeah yeah i uh i yeah i drive by that all the time um so my recollection of your father, I think he was just <laughs> in his last year when I was starting, but there was this other guy, and the two of them studied with each other constantly. You might even know who this was. This really big guy. Matt Taylor. Yeah, Matt Taylor. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. And I remember uh, they were always just kind of in the corner, like quiet to themselves, but your dad's got this way. He doesn't say a lot, but he's just got this look that you know he's thinking something. Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, yeah. You know? <laughs> still waters run deep, I guess, is a good way to describe your dad. But I, what I remember of him is that he, at least he, if not both of them, did the Highland Games back then. That's true. And he was doing like caber toss and all this crazy stuff. And, I, you know, at that time I was in a lot better shape than I am now. And so I would spend a lot of time in the weight room and I'd see him there every now and again. But I always saw him as kind of an athletic, kind of manly man type of thing. And then at some point along the way I started seeing videos pop up of him singing. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and you know Joel Elsay, who I know uh, was I think the bass player, yep. and then uh, Castro was the Andre. drummer. And who else was in that band? George Sumner. Yeah, yeah. But your dad, then I heard he was like a classically trained like opera singer or something, something along those lines. That's true. He studied opera for uh, many years and uh, was up at Manhattan School of Music in New York and studied under some very that's so prominent crazy. sopranos. Because that's, I mean, I don't even know how you get into opera singing. Like, you, do you know the story behind that? or I don't know exactly where his first inspiration was or what voice or what composition really was this is it this is was that in the family was there musicians in the family before him or there was always singing and telling stories and i think musical theater is is usually the first thing that we get into before we go into opera as singers you know is it's kind of a, a a popularized version or modern version of opera right and i think that I remember him telling me he was in some productions at Berkeley where he went to high school, so did I. And I think that's probably where his love for singing and performing and telling stories on stage came from. And yeah. then from that, you get interested in the voice and the mechanisms of how it works and how far it can go and how high it can go and how you know, strongly you can sing over an orchestra. And that it becomes you know something that you become more interested in. You know? Well, it's what, what I think is so cool is I've come to understand your father as kind of a renaissance man. He kind of occupies all these different spaces. You know, he, he's an intellectual. Philosophically, he and I are, or I'm sorry, uh, politically, he and I are, are pretty much on the same page always. Nice. He and I are always <laughs> tag-teaming people on Facebook <laughs> when we're arguing about whatever. But, you know, he can, he can go intellectual, he can go physical, he can go, you know, musical or, or artistic. And what little I know of you, I, I'm kind of seeing that, you know, in you too. I, I remember at some point you had like some, if it was like a, a real wrestling match that you were promoting or, or if it was just kind of a, you know, a, I don't know if it was a shoot or a work as they call it in uh, wrestling, but uh, what's the story <laughs> on that? <laughs> well, there was a... A couple years ago, I was at a music festival called Orange Blossom Jamboree, and at that music festival, it was about three in the morning, and and a buddy of mine, who's known as Mountain Mike Schumann, who's you know six foot seven huge, guy, huge big guy. big yeah. guy, he's an awesome, hilarious, super nice guy. We were just messing around and and just you know cutting a promo on each yeah. other, and and it was late at night, and everyone was like you know in their own head looking at us, and just were so fascinated by this just goofy thing that we were doing right and it kind of built up some hype and we came up with the idea that let's let's go for it for real so we hired generation championship wrestling to come out to this music festival we did some undercard matches we had a full uh wwe size ring and so is there a video of that that exists there's a 4k video that how did that go (laughs) it was awesome was it it was too much fun did you hear mike and it's okay if you didn't but mike mondo who's been on this show he's the guy that i lift weights with he's a professional wrestler and he was tag team champion for w we and uh you know we went through a whole 30 minutes on talking carney to each other and, the gym <laughs> and all that stuff so i appreciate the cut in the promo but uh, but you you also had kind of an athletic background did i remember you were doing track or there's something i remember i saw at some point that you were involved in. i was a football guy was it yeah what position did you play i played outside linebacker inside linebacker and some fullback so pretty fast Pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And I was pack on weight probably like your dad. The heaviest I was was two oh seven. Okay. Yeah, you're you're under you're probably one seventy five, one eighty right now. 
Uh, I think last time I weighed in was about 185. Okay. Yeah, right in there. So, well, that's cool. Did you play past high school? Nope. Okay. Never did. And when did, so let's, let's go back a little bit. Uh, where did, when did your interest in music go past just kind of a hobby? Like, when did you start to think, you know, this is something I could do for the rest of my life? what's what's weird is that i it was never a hobby it was like something that i was just so fascinated and in love with right off the bat. and yeah and i was so young that there was the concept of a hobby didn't exist it was just do just do it did your dad have instruments laying around the house or no okay. we actually we didn't have very many instruments until i got my first guitar does he play guitar at all he doesn't okay so what was your first guitar it was just acoustic uh you know, it's like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just, you know, just, okay, play on this a little bit, yeah. see, see how it goes. The first real guitar I had was a Fender Mexican Stratocaster. Okay, okay. And that was, I love that guitar, I still have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I saw, so I watched a couple videos last night, I saw your video where you're doing Outcast. I saw your David Gilmore solo, oh, yeah. and you had a Strat there, that wasn't it, was it? That was not okay. it, that's, that's the, the current love of my current life, love you know? love. But then there's some other guitar that I saw you playing, and it's uh, it's either a hollow body or a semi-hollow body with like the sharp uh, cuts. They're not F-holes, but like sharp slits. That's them. a Michael Kelly hybrid special. That thing's badass. It's for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did I see you're sponsored, or at least you were like in a commercial for some? I, I think it was that guitar or some other guitar. Is that company. I do a lot of work for them. Okay. Uh, it's It started out with them hiring me to do guitar demos, and they'd put whatever their new products are in, in my hands, and I'd play, and I'd come up with these backing tracks and just kind of demonstrate right. what the guitar does well and right. whatever. And I started doing a number of those demo videos, and then as instead of paying me for one, they said, hey, why don't you take this guitar and use it, you know? Yeah. And so... I was absolutely down for it. I love the guitar. It's like being a skateboarder and getting sponsored. You get all your decks for free. Yeah. It's badass. So. Yeah, and they took me out to Nam, and I got to, to really have an amazing time out there playing their instruments, and it's it's a great company to work for. They're really cool. They got some good stuff. Now, are you an only child? No, I got a younger brother. How old is he? He's 13 months younger than I am, so he's 23. Is he into music at all? He is. He, he knows... As much about music as I do, but from a different perspective. You know, he's listening to everything. He's the one who showed me Black Sabbath, and he's always been We're like a Sabbath little today. bit heavier yeah. Yeah, than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of one or two steps ahead of me as far as like, hey man, you got to check out Fu Manchu. Yeah, yeah. Or hey man, you got to check out Mastodon. Yeah. Or, hey, yeah, just yeah. one to two so steps. So how old ahead. are you? I'm 24. 24, and so he's 23. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I, there was there was uh, one point where I saw you at some time where talking about Black Sabbath and I started writing to you about you know different doom metal bands and you're like I like them I don't like them I don't like them but then I think at one point you were doing changes uh, a Black oh, yeah. Sabbath cover I was like are you doing the Black Sabbath version or the Charles Bradley version and I think you said it was more of the Charles or a little bit in between maybe I sing Ozzy's uh, melody, but we do it in kind of more of like a soul blues right. thing. That's badass. Because I really dig Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. I really dig Ozzy's voice, and, and in some ways, how he just like toes the line and sings it. Yeah. Like he's like, I'm a British like dude a, that's like working in a car sure. manufacturing it's like a fourth instrument. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And it's it's insane. It's did you like, ever watch the documentary on Showtime about them? No, oh, I haven't. Yeah, you gotta check that's that the out. one. All right, got to check that out. Yeah, it's a bummer that his health is kind of taking a turn, but. I saw Black Sabbath when they played at the, uh, I don't know what it's called now, but it was Ask Gary at the time. Is it still Ask Gary? I think, I, is it the 13 tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah. yeah, and he was running around the stage like an 18-year-old. Sounded great. Yeah, he sounded great. He was jumping around. He was dumping buckets of water over his head, yep. just running all over the place. I was like, God, I hope I have that much energy at that age. I don't have that much energy now. But uh, 
Anyway, so uh, what what about what kind of music was in your household when you were a little kid? Like, what was your dad listening if you're driving around the car or in the house? Or I remember him showing me Stevie Ray Vaughan, Robin Trower, uh, Jethro Tull, Zeppelin, all the classics. Yeah. Opera. Yeah. Uh, pretty much everything, but definitely I remember vividly driving in his truck and he was playing Stevie Ray Vaughan's version of Little Wing. I remember exactly where we were, exactly what it felt like to hear that for the first time. So he was the one who really showed me all that stuff. So I, I thought that there was a sign from God. I went to my first, this is, you're going to think I'm making this up. I went to my first guitar lesson the day that Stevie Ray Vaughan died and I thought, somehow I was going to be the reincarnation of Steve <laughs> and it didn't turn out. But I thought this is this is too too weird to be and, and uh I remember it. You know, I remember that it was a was it a crash or a, a helicopter yeah, crash. Yeah, a helicopter crash. Crazy. Um so that was what you listened to growing up and then did you kind of develop your taste over time into different areas? Was there anything, you know, that was kind of big that you remember back then that kinda Wow, I like this, or wow, I like that. Any bands or concerts or songs or anything like that? There's a song called I Cry and Sing the Blues by Buddy Guy. Okay. I remember that was the first song that totally shook me to my core. So you to where the blues, I, is, blues oh, yeah. scratches the itch for you. That's it. Blues, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a blues guitar player, yeah. and that now is, is all sorts of things. But it's, it's a way that you bend the strings in a way that you try to express yourself on the guitar through that sort of vocalization on a stringed instrument. Now, were you taught that, or did you pick that up on your own? I think I just picked that up on my own. There are techniques that, you know, okay, you bend this a whole step, yeah. but that's not really what the blues is about. It's, no, it's, it's like if, if you hear it here. By ear, and, by heart, by yeah. soul, yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I love, like, so, I, you know, I'm a huge Frashanti guy. I, I, I'll oh, yeah. keep bringing that up, but I always think it's funny because, like, half the songs that he does, his guitar is out of tune when he does it, so when people try and emulate it, they always have their guitar in standard tuning, and they're like, it just doesn't sound right. And there's this whole series of videos about like, uh, what's the what's the one where they're driving in the convertible? Scar Tissue. Uh, do you know that song at yeah. all? Yeah, so you know kind of that solo. Like like his 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 uh, E string is like way out of tune on that, and that's how he gets that sound. But no right one on. no one can figure out how to play it because they don't know how he tunes <laughs> his guitar. So I always thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so did you do music in high school? I did. I was doing uh, some choir. I was doing musical theater. Um, I was playing some gigs outside of school doing right. rock stuff. Right. But I did kind of put that on hold for about four years when I was really into football. Yeah, yeah. God. Well, I'm glad you didn't like break your hand. or. I did break my hand. Did you for real? Yeah, I broke my right hand. Oh, my God. And I was an idiot, and I punched a wall to break my hand. And uh, then I broke it probably 17 more times no. throughout spring football just because no. I was being a jerk and not really... Do you really feel it wear... now? Like, does your hand wear out? Or... It doesn't. It's actually... It, it helps me with palm meeting. Oh, really? Because this side of my hand is puffier. Just because the bone yeah, grew yeah, back like a yeah, little bit bent yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it's like thicker, you so it's it. easier for palm You're like Tony uh, with his messed up fingers actually helping him play guitar yeah don't cut your fingers off but that's pretty cool i mean that's a that's a that's i got cool. lucky man because it could have been way worse oh for sure it yeah been no I, I had a buddy of mine who was a really good baseball pitcher his dad was like getting ready to get drafted by the dodgers or something and he got in a bar fight and he threw he, he went to throw a punch and he missed the person and he punched through the glass that has the wire like the chicken wire in it uh, and it just like killed all the nerves in his hand where he couldn't even grab a ball anymore and that was it Toast. so yeah, you know, 
what they say a moment on the lips, a lifetime on the hips. You know, these these rash decisions that we make can you know have critical ripples down the road. So luckily, your hands both still work. Um, so uh, when did you start playing live? Like when did you first play your first live show? The first, well, it depends on how serious of a performance you're looking for. Like the first time I performed, I remember I got up at this karaoke event in my elementary school and I sang Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't. No Great one told me song. to do it. Yeah. And it, I, like I was just up there just singing. Like, yeah, yeah. Just singing. That's awesome. <laughs> it's like, so it's totally bizarre. My brother still remembers it and gives me crap about it. That's hilarious. But like, you know, it was, it was, it was an authentic performance. But like legit gigs, like getting paid money or, or that sort of thing. The first, the first time uh, I remember playing a gig where there was a bunch of people there that were my friends and we were selling some band t-shirts and whatever was at the Beefo Brady's on Mac Dill. Oh, wow. Right, right across my house. I drive by that all the time. Yeah. And it was just like this little thing. It was the first little time where we got out and we were in a public sphere. How know? did that feel? It was awesome. Yeah. I remember. I, I remember the outfit I was wearing. I remember playing. I remember some of the songs we did. We had yeah. a girl come up. We did Magic Man by heart. Oh, wow. It was like that sort of thing. It was really fun, man. That's cool. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear it's a adrenaline rush. You know, you know when you're done, you get done. There's nothing feels better. I mean, even if it was a bad show, <laughs> nothing feels better while you're up there. Um, so at, I've seen a, a number of uh, shows that you've done that have been uh, Doors yeah. influenced or Doors covers or whatever, and I think it's great because you know the pictures and the videos I see. You know, you almost embody him up there a little bit. You know, we have a rich history of Jim Morrison and oh, yeah. St. Pete. You know, yeah. Uh, him and Kerouac and uh, do you know John Prine? Yeah, yeah, you know he lives, he lives over right in Gulfport. Gulfport. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, there's a little niche of uh, you know of kind of cool stuff that that uh, has gone on there. So how is it that you got into the Doors? That's a good question. I, I the Doors were never one of the bands that my dad really showed me. They kind of were. Uh, always around like i remember in like one of the tony hawk pro skater games or maybe it's yeah. tony hawk underground isn't break it funny that how that game oh yeah that game i say this all the time that game or that series of games and then just skateboard videos yeah you get introduced to the best i mean even to this day like i still my wife will come and she's like you're 44 years old what are you doing and i'm watching you know girl <laughs> or chocolate or baker or whatever these skateboard videos are it's the best music in the world so i go on spotify and i'll create playlists from the but anyway sorry not to steal your your thunder, but Doors was on one of the Tony Hawk games. I think Break On Through was on Tony Hawk Underground or something like that. I remember that song. This is sick. It's awesome. It's yeah, got a great. Yeah. And it, the the Doors really started popping off for me when I was probably in high schoolish. You know, like I just started really digging kind of like how dark yeah. Jim was in that sphere of extreme popularity, and everybody wanted to be like him, but he's still being a very intense person. And really Where did you sad. go to high school? You said Berkeley? Berkeley Prep, yeah. yeah. So I went to St. Pete High, and I remember, like, The Doors, Grateful Dead, and I think Zeppelin, like, no matter what, if you like punk music, metal music, whatever, like, those were agreed upon. Like, everybody kind of wore those two. You know, I don't think there's ever been a time that people haven't been wearing, wearing Doors t-shirts or been into it. They've just kind of been... They've had a longevity, you know, they're probably on the charts still, like, you know, they're, they're L.A. Woman or whatever the albums were from back then. But, well, the reason I wanted to bring up The Doors with you is, apart and aside from the instrument you play, you've got quite an interesting voice, too. Is that something that is, does that, are you singing naturally? Have you had training, or, or where does that come from? I studied voice at USF for three and a half of my four years of my bachelor's in music education. That's it's great. like you specialize in an instrument. Yeah. 
and three and a half years I did voice, and then the very last semester they had classical guitar, and I did that. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So what they do in in that program is, and 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 most vocal programs is that they teach you how to sing classical music. Okay. And classical music is where all the Sinatra types and the Elvis Presley types learned from, and then that's where the Jim Morrison's and the David Bowie's and you know the like they learn from the Elvises and they want to be like the Sinatras. And then, so I kind of take from that lineage of like showman-y singing, you know, like I really dig that stuff a lot. It's always been something I thought was cool. Well, it's, it stays around forever for a reason. And and like you say, it's classic, but, uh, you know, I have, I have started. So a a friend of mine, who's the uh, lead singer of Wolfface, you'll see the poster over there. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, I know Wolfface. But so the lead singer is an attorney and he's a friend of mine. And so I, I'm always talking to him, and they, they had uh, actually encouraged me at one point to come up and play at Fest in Gainesville uh, to play uh, a, a Misfits song, Skulls, because they did a two-night set. They did the one night, the Friday night was a, all Misfits covers, and then the Saturday night was their set, but they were going to do Skulls. And um, I was, pra- you know, I've never played live before, and I was, like, I was like talking to my wife, should I do it, should I not do it, and I chickened out, but... He's always encouraging me. He's like, just sit down. You know, you've got GarageBand on your laptop and just record something. It doesn't matter if anybody has to listen to it. But so I'll try and sing. And it's amazing. Long way around to get to this point. I I almost think it's harder to sing than it is to play guitar. (laughs) I don't know if you would agree with me, but just the breathing and knowing what key to start in and the pitch and all this other stuff. Because I've got a deep voice. You've got a deep voice. And I'll, I'll, if I'm listening to a song or I'm in the car, or I'm in the shower, I'm always trying to match somebody else's voice and I'm coming in way too high. And then when you try and hit the high note, you know, you're, you're, it just shits out on you. You can't, you can't get yeah. there. So, I mean, there's so much more to it than I think people perceive just, you know, watching it, you know, watching American Idol or whatever the thing is that they, you know, have an understanding about. So, um, anyway, uh, your, your voice I've just noticed is, you know, not quite Jim Morrison-y, but you kind of got your own style there too. So uh, anyway, so what, what what bands are you involved in right now? What you know, I know you're playing the, with two bands that we discussed for Gasparilla Music Festival this weekend. Then you have your own band too. Or? Yeah, the my main project is called George Pennington and the Odyssey. Okay, and that's just it's a vehicle for me to kind of express myself with what I'm inspired with. So we'll do some piano ballady stuff. That's yeah. kind of a la Elton John or John Legend and that sort of sound. We'll do some instrumental music that's very jazzy or kind of avant garde. We'll do some just straight ahead rock and roll stuff we'll do a cover from time to time of maybe it's a doors tune or maybe it's a hendrix tune reimagined or a zeppelin tune something like that so it's just a way for me to kind of express myself and it's called the odyssey because it's a journey you know it's yeah, all sorts everything. of different styles yeah. you know it's a, it's just a cool opportunity it's an eight-piece band i've got a bass trombone a trombone two trumpets keys guitar that uh second guitar bass and drums it's a really fun thing to do you know so where have you played around locally? Is it mostly festivals, bars, clubs, that sort of thing, or? Yeah, like uh, you know the the usual suspect venues that are uh, like a Crowbar. We've done the Independent a few times, uh, Ale and the Witch and St. Pete. Um, you know those kind. And we've done some festivals recently, and that's starting to be something that I'm setting my sights on. Is just such an awesome oh, landscape. So much fun, yeah. Just to send. Well, you're your stuff. playing. You're playing GMF both days this weekend. Wolfface is playing Okeechobee on Saturday night. That's right. Um, And I know that there's a number of, you know, they're trying to open, do more of these things. Hopefully if uh, coronavirus goes away, we can start having a, they just canceled the one in Miami. Ultra, Ultra. yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, But anyway, um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about the, uh, 
would you call it an EP? What would you call the thing that you released last year? I'd, I'd call it an EP. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the concept behind that? Was it, you know, that was all music you've, you've wrote, right? There was no covers on there, was no there? No covers on okay. there. Okay. And did you write all that completely yourself? Yep. I mean, I, the guitar part and the, the vocals, at least, or the, the lyrics. Yeah, I, I, uh, I write pretty much all of the music. Okay. Uh, when it comes to like specific drum patterns and stuff, you know, I'll just kind of just give some adjectives to describe kind of what I'm hearing right. and almost mimic or demonstrate of like how, how a pulse feels to me. Sure. And then it's up to the individuals in the band to kind of manifest that in their own voice or their own playing style. Now, was that the Odyssey too, or is that a separate group that was recorded? Is that just studio musicians? That... So I release all my music under George Pennington. Okay. The Odyssey is something of like a, uh, this is the band that when there's an event that's large enough and I want to put the whole band together and really put on a show. I call it George Pennington, The Odyssey. Yeah. When I release music online, I just put it under George Pennington. Now, at some point, uh, I, I know you made the connection with Sean Kyle, and I think yeah. you might have been recording with him. Did you get to record anything with him? I haven't recorded anything with him yet, okay. but uh, he he kind of helped me get into the independent. Yeah, and, I know uh, he kind of runs a show or some yeah. kind of thing that's going on there. Yeah, I think he kind of curates some of the music. Have you ever there. heard sto him tell stories about some of the crazy guitars that he's seen, like like the bankers like that live in like Riverview and Brandon and all this other stuff? No. So... Uh, when I met him, we were at Four Green Fields. It was me and my buddy Giordano, who was in uh, a band way back in the day. And everybody used to, like, wait, like 15 years ago, he used to play at, like, New World Brewery yeah. and all this other stuff. And right on. So Sean had his band, the Beauvilles, that played. And my friend Giordano uh, was in a band. I was like, I want to say it's called, like, like Butter Slacks or something, which you can derive what that name means but anyway uh we were sitting there and and i was talking to geo and this guy kind of moseys up to us at the bar and he recognized geo and he just starts talking and he goes into his you know basically he does all the appraisals for all the guitar studios locally or, or shops locally and he's talking about being in the band all this stuff and i don't know if you've had this experience but sometimes you talk to people and you're like i can't tell if they're full of shit or if they're you know <laughs> if they're you know on the level and uh you know, we'd had a couple beers and Sean left and I turned to Gio's like, he's like, is he for real? And he's like, no, yeah, he's for real. I mean, that's, that's, you know, he's, he's not making that up. I know, you know, I know it to be true, but he was telling me that like, there's people from like Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan stuff who have retired and moved down to Florida and like live in Brandon or Riverview. And they have these like $50,000 Les Pauls and these crazy guitars that are just collections that no one even touches. And he goes out there and he's like, you got to pull the pit guard up, or you got to take the neck neck off, or you got to take this plate off, or you got to you know to see this, that, and the other, and you know a, 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 a reverse Firebird or a double reverse this, that, or the other, and he's kind of like, wow, it's crazy. So, if you ever had the chance, next time you see him, ask him about some of the guitars that are floating around just locally. Yeah, and I, I think he even said he was. I think he even said he was involved in trying to get Dave Grohl that blue. Hollow body yeah. that he plays. Right on. He was somehow involved in that, but anyway. So, what does the future hold? Are you recording soon? Are you planning any tours outside of the state? Are you? What's going on? Well, right now, I've got all of the material for the full album done. Oh, really? Yes. All right. So the EP was kind of. It's a process because you have ideas that you want to do and then you finally go into the studio and you get them and then you realize that, oh, well, these are the mistakes that we made in the recording process. It has more to do with that than sometimes the compositions in the sure. themselves. So it's like this whole learning thing. 
after this whole year of, of recording, and I've done some recordings out in Los Angeles, I've done some recordings in different studios in Tampa, I've finally got all of it pretty much done. Now we just have a few more mixing and mastering sessions yeah. in the next week, next week. And then the album will be coming out in the spring. So that's, that's the right. next big thing to get under my belt, you know, to is have it going to be done. an indie or is there a label or? It's just independent. There's a... Uh, there's nobody that's picked it up yet or or there's no management involved or anything like that. I just kind of do my own thing. Do you have an agent or anything like that? Or you? I don't. Do you know, uh, I, I'm not being rude. I'm actually trying to get a name so I can remember it. Do you know Andrew Achilles Domestico? Yes. Yeah, so I've been talking to him, trying to get him on the show. But I always kind of think of you two in the same space, not musically, but he's very prolific too. Like he's like, it seems like every month he's got a new album out and he's always doing like, he had this one called Marauder, which was kind of more of a rock and roll record, and then he's got kind of his black metal blade of sword right or whatever nice. that he's putting out. And so I just love people who they have this itch or this fire that they just gotta get out there musically. And you know, you see some bands and it takes them four years to get out a new album, and then there's these other people, and it's just like it's in me. I gotta get it out. I gotta get it out. And I, you know, I kind of see you both in that way. So uh, you're playing tomorrow with uh, Synergy in a Cup. Well, tomorrow is sure. with Tony Tyler Trance. Okay, and what time is that at? That Their set is from 2.30 to 4. Okay. I'm coming up to play Little Wing, okay. Derek and the Domino style. Yeah, so I'll be awesome. I'll be in that window at some point. But I, I'm really there to just kind of support their set, and I'll jump up and I'll always play some Little Wing, man. That's, that's bad. Did you see uh, Gary Clark when he came last I year? I did, yeah. I was he's right at the side of the stage. Yeah, man. he's an SG guy, but, I mean, he, he makes it sing. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Um. And then you're playing Sunday. Yeah. What's what time and with whom? Sunday is with Synergy in a Cup, and that's from three thirty to four. Okay, that's great. And you're just gonna hang out and watch some of the other bands. I, I kind of want to go. I, I I used to listen to Portugal the Man a lot back in the day, and uh, I heard good things about Brandy Carlisle, but I don't know her music too too well. I, I definitely am gonna stick around. I want to see Rival Sons. Yeah. Uh, I want to see De La Soul. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a Big Frida's there. There's yeah. a there's a number of artists that I've always heard good things about that I've never seen. Uh, live and I, and I got to do that. I love it's my favorite weekend of the year. I, I love that they do it. I wish I wish they could fit into a year if they could. But I've talked to some of the people on the board and I know how hard it is to book people, especially with Okeechobee right at the same time. And a yeah. lot of these artists have uh, clauses in their contracts that say they can't radius clause. And or, yeah, stuff. or they yeah. can't play twice in Florida within a certain amount of time, and yeah, it just makes it tough to book. So I mean, they've done a pretty good job so far. I saw. Uh, Father John Misty, I loved when nice. he played. Uh, Ryan Adams, loved when he played. The Roots, uh, yeah. Erica Badu, uh, Modest Mouse. So it's it's a, it's a killer show. So, I got to see the Roots at the Hollywood Bowl, and they did "Things Fall Apart" from cover to cover. Oh wow, dude, it blew my mind. So let's yeah, let's. I, I don't want to let you go without talking about shows that have made a difference to you. So I, I have a handful of shows that nice kind of have you know I think become a part of my DNA. So. What what shows have stand, stood out to you that you've been to? You know, well, I I think every single show that that I've gone to, I've always learned something from. Yeah. And and I think some are are more fresh in my mind than others, and some kind of f find their way into your subconscious and just become a part of you. Right. And that, that, those are sometimes harder to express. But like just recently, I was out in Los Angeles over most of the summer recording and and jamming with some guys out there, and. Uh, I got to see The Roots at the Hollywood Bowl do Things Fall Apart from cover to cover. Then I got to see, it was Herbie Hancock, oh, wow. Robert Glasper, Thundercat, Kamasi Washington. Oh, wow. Like, it was a who's Those who. Those guys are crazy. I mean, Thundercat on the bass, I, I 
hurts my brain watching him. Yeah, it's he's crazy. insane. It was yeah. an awesome show. Where did really... you see Where did you see them play? That was also at the Hollywood Bowl, oh, wow. and it was a thirty dollars ticket. How was it living out there for the summer? Was that crazy? Oh man, it was yeah. a, it was an incredible experience. You think you'll go back? I definitely am going yeah. back. Yeah, I've been back four or five times in the past six months. Just... Do you live by yourself, or where, where, where do you? No, I live in West Chase with my brother. Oh, okay, okay. So, so that that's so, so you recorded the album out there. I recorded some of it okay. out there. It's really expensive. So yeah, I could I got too. one day yeah. one day out there where what? I can get like a whole year of studio time here. What was the studio out there that you recorded? It was amazing. It was East West Sound. Okay. And East West is a legendary studio out there. I recorded it in studio three of their five. Okay. And in that room is where Beach Boys did pet sounds. Oh, it's wow. where Mamas and the Papas did California Dreaming. That's so rad. I played a piano piece on Frank Sinatra's piano that he oh, gave my to God. the studio. It was awesome man does it does it just energize you you know you feel like a ghost or you kind of going through your fingers yes and i was playing with like very very top of the line a-list studio guys that oh, that's want... the thing there's all there's the muscle shoals and the wrecking crew and there's been all these documentaries that have finally kind of given some some uh shed a light on these session musicians but yeah it's funny, the session guys are oftentimes way better than the guys that are in the band that everybody comes to Always better, in. always better. Yeah, and so it's amazing that <laughs> they're hidden. You, you hear them, and you don't know you're hearing them on these recordings, because when you see them live, it's not them playing, but these guys are just bananas. So. Yeah, they're just so tight. They get it right the very first time on the next, they can just crush it. There's like a... There's a Echo in the Canyon, I think, is a. Oh is, yeah, that is, just came out somewhere. That was Jacob Dylan. When Jacob yep. Dylan did that movie, yeah. And there's shots, and I'm like, that's the same studio I was in. And there's that's... like, yeah, they would be recording in the morning, and then they hear themselves on the radio that afternoon. I love that stuff. <laughs> I, I I eat it up. I love music documentaries are my favorite. You know, I've watched Sound City 90 million times. Yeah. And there was that great uh, Tom Petty one that was on Netflix for a while, it was like four hours, and <laughs> just watching people in that process just is so appealing to me. I used to, I was. I had this like pie in the sky dream of like building a recording studio and and everybody that's in music talked me out of it just so basically I could just sit and watch people you know make music because I just that to me is heaven you know that 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 would be what you know I would just do for the rest of my life but uh anyway well I know you got a big weekend ahead of you you probably got to go around and get ready for the show and uh I appreciate you so much coming in I wish you were able to come in before my producer ended up moving to Atlanta, Nicole Babin, she's an artist. She plays in a band, Our Fire, and she's also a solo artist. And she's actually becoming a session musician. She's done stuff for all number of R&B artists. I who was it? Uh, Trav who's Travis? Travis Scott? It's Travis Scott. Yeah. They, they reached out to her, and they're like, can you do a bass piece for whatever? And she, she went up to a replay, got a, a, a P-Bass, P came in, recorded it, and I think it's on one of the recordings. But now she's up in Atlanta. She produces this all. When I'm done recording it, I send it up to her. She edits it, puts the music on the front and the back of it. But I, I wanted you two to meet each other so much because you guys could probably talk for days. But anyway, thank you so much for coming in. I'm glad I finally got to meet you. Wish you good luck tomorrow and on Sunday and in your career. And hopefully you'll come back sometime and we can talk gear or shows or whatever else you're into. Thank you so much, man. I All really right. appreciate it. All right. Have a good weekend.